Good morning, Jubilee. And I feel it's a privilege for me to be here and speaking to you this morning. Um, if anyone don't know me, I'm Bindu. We, as a family, we joined in Jubilee uh, during the uh, COVID time when everything was online. And I think, I hope everyone knows me by now. Um, last week, we heard about the discipleship um, talk from uh, Rob, it was wonderful. And uh, it was from a God series, uh, stories, the, I'm talking to you again, to you today. Um, I'm talking to you about the Passover, uh, that's again from the God story series. Um, I'm a bit nervous here, I should admit. But I hope, as a human, I'm nervous, but in Christ, he will strengthen me. This morning, my sisters all prayed for me. That's my strength here. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity. Once again in our life, gather together and worship. Father, the words and the verses are yours. Give us wisdom and fill us with your Holy Spirit to understand the words better. We are, in, we are here in your Mercy, in front of your mercy seat, submitting everything in your hands. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, they've given me the topic Passover. So, when I was thinking about the story of Passover, I was thinking everyone knows about Passover, what I'm going to say. Because, as you all might have read about it, and heard about it hundreds of times before. But what I'm going to say to you today is a bit more about Passover festival and the significance of it in our Christian life, which I have understood while I was reading through the chapters. First of all, my understanding is it is one of the most important festival of Jewish religion which was instructed by God to be celebrated over a week. Within Passover, there is three different stages, or it is a collective festival of three distinct events. I don't know how many of know about it, but we, when we say about Passover, we think it's about Passover one day. But it's not a one-day program. It's over a week. That's the instruction by God. There are many other festivals we can see in Old Testament, but the Passover was a shadow of something very important in New Testament time, but that's why we still remember it. The plan of salvation was there since the beginning of creation, but God showed them the shadow of it hundreds of years back at the first Passover. What a plan. I always say thanks to God for the great plans like this. He has a great plans. And moreover that, all of our names were in God's plan of salvation. How great is that? So let's talk about Passover. In Hebrew, I'm a learner of Hebrew, so in Hebrew they call it Pesach. The Passover of Pesach, it represents 
salvation. I hope most of us know about the Passover story. The event from Old Testament where the Israelites were in slavery, with the help of God, Moses tried to bring them out from bondage. But the king of Egypt refused to set, them, set the Jews free. So God sent 10 plagues to Egypt. I know all of you know about the story. I'm just talking, just going through it. The 10th plague was death of the firstborns. Until the ninth one, the king was refused to send them free. So during that night, when, the, when God was sent the angel of death through Egypt, God asked all of the Israeli families to kill a lamb without any blemish and put its blood on their doorsteps. Only, the only one thing that separated Israelis from the death was the blood of the lamb on their doorsteps. I repeat, the only thing that separated the Israelites from death was the blood of the lamb on their doorpost. Nothing else. As it says in Exodus chapter 12, verse 13, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you. So that saved them from the death. They were all saved from death regardless of their work by the blood of lamb. The real Passover lamb, our Jesus, was sacrificed on a cross during the New Testament time to save us all regardless of our work or any of our qualities. And this is called grace. It doesn't matter how big our sins are. Jesus will still save us if we believe in him. That's only one condition. So that was the first part of Passover. The second part of Passover is another important part. It's a feast of unleavened bread. I know all of you know about this. The unleavened bread, or it's called in, um, in Hebrew again, matzah, M-A-T-E-Z-H. It represents sanctification. During the Passover time, God asked the Israelites to uh, make bread without yeast and eat it. God instructed them to eat matzah or unleavened bread for a week, not for a one time, for a week. As we know, yeast or leavened helps the doubt to rise. And the yeast represents sin in the Bible. Matzah is flat because it doesn't contain any yeast, which represents the wickedness and pride and causes us to boastful or think more highly than ourselves. I think we all have some kind of pride in us. I had. I'll tell you a bit more about that later. That's why Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, 7 to 8, cleanse out the old leaven that you may be a new lump as you really are unleavened. For Christ, our Passover lamp, has been sacrificed. Let us therefore celebrate the festival, not with the old leaven, the leaven of malice and evil, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Before his death, during the Passover night, again in New Testament, Jesus took the unleavened bread and said to the disciples, this is my body, which is going to be a sacrifice for you all, Jesus also was a sinless, like unleavened bread without any yeast. 
He did the sacrifice to save us all, like the first Passover lamb saved all Israeli firstborns during the first Passover. Unleavened bread represents the requirement of sanctification in our daily life. Next part of the Passover is Feast of First Fruit, or in Hebrew, Bikurim. It represents resurrection. The Feast of First Fruit occurs usually on the day after the first day of the unleavened bread. So this celebrated that unleavened feast of uh, unleavened bread for a week. So the first fruit, the feast of first fruit, can occurs usually after the day after the first day of the unleavened bread. Christ also resurrected on the first fruit, fruit day of day as the firstborn of the dead. So Christ resurrected the feast of first fruit day as the firstborn of from the dead. What does the Bible say about this? Let's see in First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 20. But now Messiah is risen from the dead and has become the first fruit of those who have fallen asleep. Jesus was resurrected as a firstborn on the first fruit day for us to give assurance of resurrection and eternity. Now we heard about Passover or salvation, feast of unleavened bread or sanctification, feast of first fruit or resurrection. Let me ask a question. What is salvation? I know most of us are saved and gone through salvation. Any idea? What? Yeah, thank you. So it's one, like it's, I simply would say, saving someone from death to life. Is that it? Like, simply, you can say. Does death in here is eternal death, not the physical death of our body, eternal death of our soul. What is the meaning of death? Sorry? Yeah, but generally death means separation. So it's our choice. Two things are in front of us. Eternity or eternal life or eternal death. If death means separation, eternal death means everlasting separation from God or everlasting separation from everlasting life. So we need to understand, when we talk from Bible, we need to understand that death is, when I was very young, I was always thinking, death, we all die, so what's the difference? So it's not like that, eternal death means our death of our souls, uh, the complete separation or everlasting separation for our souls from the God or eternal life. As in Romans, Paul says, wages of sin is death. Here also he refers to the eternal death. When we say about sin to someone, they would say, I don't think I'm a sinner. Many people said to me like that, I don't think I'm a sinner because I'm not uh, causing any troubles to anyone. I'm very straightforward and all. 
according to bible we are all sinners because of adam's and eve's disobedience at the garden of eden and they lost the way to tree of life i don't have a slide here but if anybody wants to refer uh, genesis chapter 3 verse 24 says god closed the gates to the uh, the way to the life of tree so for uh, forever it's closed that's why we lost our eternity when jesus came he came with the good news he said to us i'm the way the truth and the life he said i'm the way to the life of tree and the true way and i'm the i'm going to give you the true life everlasting life every soul needs rescue from sin no matter how good we are that is not going to take you to the take you to eternity rather the grace of god by the blood of jesus will take you through the kingdom of god there is only one condition you should believe in him as symbolically they did that on passover night by painting their doorposts with the blood of lamb through salvation you are getting a mark with the blood of christ god's plan of salvation is for everyone no one need to pay for it or work for it the only requirement is you should accept it for example when someone is sending a special gift for you through the post is on your name and your address but the postman still needs your signature to hand over the gift to you likewise we should accept the free gift of salvation by accepting christ and his death for us let me tell bit about my life and my salvation how i ended up this community or this group of god's people i heard many testimonies where people say they came from non-christian background and were saved by jesus until some point in my life i was also thinking salvation is for people who were from non-christian background not for the traditional christians i was born in a traditional christian background for a christian parents brought up in very religious way i won't say they were wrong they they brought up me very religious way i used to go to church every sunday attend attend sunday schools and do all part, take part in all activities and all i thought that's enough i don't need to do anything more when i was ignorant about salvation god intervened into my life to let me know who he is i was proud of myself with many things i was only one child for my parents i was proud of so many things no one read my mind but god did one thing i was proud of or very overconfident about myself was my studies i was very good at studies i got used to get good marks and i was not a headache for my parents always so i thought i was never going to face failure in my studies or my life like i said might be you might be thinking when i'm saying about this thing it's it's silly but at that time it it was very much for my life it was too much for my life so like i said earlier no one could read my mind but he did 
and he touched on my pride. But I was proud of, proud of, he touched on my pride. I failed on my exam when I was about 20, 21 year old, which is unbearable for me. I couldn't tolerate it. Whoever knows me couldn't believe it because I was that brilliant and I don't know what happened. And it's, it's in a different way it was happened, like I failed on a subject for a one mark. I couldn't even believe. So many people advised me to do different things, um, give it for revaluation and things like that. But I was crying day by day, night. Through the night I was crying through, I don't know. First time I started to pray to God. Even though I was a traditional Christian, I go to church, everything. First time I'm talking personally to God. Why God? Why this is to my life? Until I get an answer, I cried and cried and prayed. I, after a few days after I got an answer, I need you and I have a plan for you. At that point, I didn't know much about salvation, being born again in Christ or taking baptism, but I submitted myself to God. If you want me, I'm submitting myself to you. It took a while for me to reach up to baptism and all, but he was teaching me every day and was showing me his plans. This is one of the story I'm telling in your, in, from my life. The troubles happened in my life. Lots of things I faced in my life, like he was taking, he was cleansing me. He was taking out each pride from my, my character. In one way, I would say, I was in a mode of I'm something. He tuned or he changed me to I'm nothing more. When I was going through these troubles, I was not alone. And Jesus was always with me and he was showing me a way through it. I know he was molding me each day until I reached at some point being born into a Christian family, gave me a label as a Christian. My name in the church, my certificates would say Christian. But that is not going to take me or not give me an injury to the kingdom of God. I realized that. God so loved me and he wanted me, he wanted my name also in the book of life. That's why I faced so many troubles in my life until I accept him and get baptized. I got baptized. I always say, I come, I'm born in a Christian family. I come all the way to, from um, India to England to get baptized. <laughs> I got baptized in uh, Middlesbrough Baptist Church in 2013, um, July 13th. And we do together baptized, get baptized on that day. So salvation is 100% personal and we would individually accept Christ. No one can inherit eternity from their parents. God has amazing plans of every, for every individual. So it's for me, I always remember, like Second Samuel, I don't have a slide up here, Chapter 22, verse 17, it says, He sent from above. He took me. He drew me 
out of many waters. So let, let us go back to our message today, Passover. During the first Passover, thousands of firstborns were killed. In the New Testament, Jesus dies to save thousands, regardless of their, their race, gender, and background. The real Passover lamb did the sacrifice for us all 2,000 years back to secure a place for us in heaven or eternity, even before our birth. To visit a place, we need an entry pass. We were, we were saved by the blood of Jesus, the Passover lamb, who is the entry pass for our eternity. That's the only one entry pass, so you have to secure it. Those of you who are listening to me today, if anyone has not secured a place yet, please do consider this seriously, because time is very short. I'm Today I'm speaking here, but I don't know next week I'm here or not. So time is very short. We don't know when God is coming. So take your time wisely. And those who have been saved, sanctify yourselves every day. Like it, in, like it's, it says in First Peter chapter 1, 17. If you call on a father who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in fear. So that needs, we need to sanctify ourselves every day. Doesn't matter you saved and secured your place, but still needs sanctification in everyday life. Thank you for hearing me today. And thank you for all the elders who have given me this chance here to speak to the people. And hope who were not taken and secured a place will take a decision today. If anything more you need to know, you can ask Kevin or the one of the elders, or even I, you can ask me. Thank you.